Hello, my friends. This is the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. And that's Not Just Blowing Smoke. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in. It's time for Not Just Blowing Smoke. Coming at you live from Twin Smoke Shop Studio Headquarters in Hooks at New Hampshire. Be sure to subscribe to us here on Facebook or YouTube, wherever you're watching the stream live from. Or if you're listening after the fact on Podbean, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, iTunes, or Google, make sure you follow us there, subscribe to us there, so that you don't ever miss a thing. I'm Pastor Padron, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Pat and Dave. Paul uh, fell ill today, and so filling in is the marvelous shell brother broadleaf is with us tonight taking pablo maduro's uh place on the panel pleasure to be for this week thank you for doing that last minute notice we appreciate that and uh tonight we are going to be talking about the fda's move to um completely eradicate flavored cigars and menthol cigarettes from the market tonight and while we have that discussion um and you may think that this is uh, completely uh inappropriate but we're uh smoking the rocky patel 60 <laughs> uh the white label 60 which is not a flavored cigar um, but we are beginning uh right now a big huge rocky patel event that's going to go on for six weeks at twins and so we wanted to kick that off smoking one of his cigars talk to you about the event we'll do that a little bit later on in the show but uh let me tell you a little bit about the cigar the rocky patel 60 features a usa connecticut wrapper uh nicaraguan binder and honduran and nicaraguan and some undisclosed mm. filler mm. we are smoking the six by 60 which he calls the 60. it's a gordo and um gaga yeah well kurt would call it a gagger if this were a 724 cigar it would be a gagger and uh we're doing beer pairings tonight pat what is the beer we are having first with this so the first one on the docket is from 10 ben's beer it's the cream puff war which is a peach double ipa it has a 8.2 abv and the description of it is cream puff war is brewed with honey malt and lactose fermented with all natural peach perez Mm-hmm. And double dry hopped to create a delicacy, different, smooth, balanced mm-hmm. ale. A squeeze of peach and a haze of hops merge exquisitely to deliver an unmatched fruit IP experience. Suggestive of ripe white peaches, candied peach gummies, and classic peaches and cream. Can Candied peach gummies? Yep. As opposed to candied. Thank you, Dan. I know you're reading this. The candied. I can. I can read it from here. Candied peach gummies is it? Is that something you can actually? I've never had candied peach gummies. I just want to lick that. I think last week we were. Was that last week? I don't know. No, it was um when we had um 
Abel Ebenezer on. Mm-hmm. We were talking. Uh, that was the peach gummies that I actually referenced on the show. It's the same thing. Was it? Okay. I'll take your word on that. Um, before we get into the, the discussion tonight, which Pat will be leading, uh, first let's talk about the cigar. First impressions of the cigar itself, then we can talk about the beer and how the beer is pairing with the cigar. Um, Pat, you want to go first? You want to tell us a little bit about what you're picking up? Is this How many of you have smoked a white label before? I have, yep. Okay. Awesome. I have well, not. You have not. So Dave, Dave is the, the white label virgin tonight. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, Pat, I know that the 60 is not your go-to cigar. So if you know, can articulate differences between the cigars you've had, whatever size it was, versus this, that would be interesting too. Yeah. So the size I had prior to this was the Churchill mm-hmm. and... Ooh, the Churchill. I'll start with the 60. So it's a very, like, creamy. I'm not going to say it's a thick, creamy texture, but it's kind of like a delicate cream. Mm-hmm. It does have, like, a nice kind of, like, aged kind of cedar-type flavor to it, a nice kind of forward spice that's there, but it's not really that prevalent throughout the blend. And then on the finish, it leaves you with kind of like this, I'll say like a clean, kind of creamy, savory palate. Mm-hmm. And then the big difference I have from this and the Churchill is I think that the spice was kind of brought even more forward and had more of like a pronounced. It wasn't like a, when I say spice, I'm not saying it's like, you know, like your Nicaraguan black pepper, but it's like a nice kind of white spice. It just kind of gives you like that yeah. kind of spicy sensation on the retrohale, mm-hmm. which was more prominent in the Churchill than this one. But I think that that kind of like savory creaminess is really brought out more in the 60. And on the Churchill, it was kind of more of like a thicker kind of cream kind of on your palate. Mm. So I think since you're getting more of that Connecticut wrapper with the smaller gauge on the Churchill, it's kind of bringing that out. Then the thicker Vitolas bring out more of like those kind of cedar notes that I didn't really get a whole lot of in the Churchill. So mm. it's definitely bringing the fillers out more to the forefront. Mm. What do you think, Shell? So I'm, I'm all in agreement with the uh, the creaminess. It's very, very creamy for mm. the 60. Um, I'm getting a lot of cedar as well. Uh, for my palate, I have no spice at all. I typically like a, a, a spicy on the retrohale. As I retrohale, I'm getting no spice. It just could just be because of my palate. But very smooth, very consistent, very even. Um, we recommend this a lot at the shop for uh, customers who are looking for something that's a light to medium. And the, the cream always presents itself, always. I'm accustomed to the Robusto. I'm getting a lot more cream out of the 60s. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the cigar size that I had previous to this was also the Robusto. And uh, to Pat's point, I think there were, there was a, a different kind of richness to it. Um, this is, the creaminess is very pronounced in this. And those cedar notes, I would also agree with Pat. I, I didn't really get off of the uh, Robusto cigar. Um, but what seems to be across all the Vitolas here is that ri- is a very nice, yes. rich, creamy uh, sensation. Absolutely. And um, it's very, very good. Mm. Um, this is a huge step up as far you know, compared to their 1999 vintage mm-hmm. Connecticut. Um that's also very. I get more hay off of that cigar. Mm-hmm. Yes, I and agree. I, I'm getting more cream off of this cigar. Yes. So this is this is is a lot richer, and 
I think you're expecting something a little special because the price point on this is more up there. Um, I believe this is an $18 stick. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, I think, I, I think it's delivering that higher, higher grade, smooth, creamy goodness. There, there is, uh, I don't know how to describe the, the spice that I get. I agree with Pat. It's, it's not like black pepper. you have that texture, but it's not, you know what I mean? Like it's hard to explain, but you get that spicy texture, but it's not like a spice note. Like it's like a sensational white spice. Mm -hmm. I think it's just salt. A mild there is, tinge of salt. I can, I can see salt. I can agree with Dave on that. I get a little salt on the lips on the finish, but um, personally I have no spice. So. Yeah. To me, this is like extremely creamy and very citrus. Mm. Yes. Especially with the, the cream puff, a lot of that peach and citrus is coming out a lot. Yeah, well, let's let's talk about that yeah. uh, now. Let's let's talk about the the beer and how it is actually pairing with the cigar. Um, what do you guys think? I I thought the peach would probably go very well with this, but Ooh, that's uh, weird. I've wrong. never had I've never had uh, this beer before tonight, so the peach is absolutely prominent. Mm -hmm. There is that citrus that there's a creaminess that, to the beer too. Tinge of orange on the finish <laughs> for the beer. Strained peaches. Strained peaches. <laughs> Not Del Monte. <laughs> yeah, I think the beer is going well with it. Like it's kind of bringing out like this sweet note that I'm not getting with the cigar alone. Mm -hmm. And it's obviously going to be like this kind of peachy type, um, citrusy kind of sweet note. Yeah. But since like the finish on the cigar has kind of that like cedar and like that spicy kind of sensation i was talking about the mm -hmm. finish on the beer since it's a pretty it's an 8.2 ip double ipa it has kind of like a rough finish to it like it has kind of like the spice and kind of like that ipa kind of finish that i'm sure dave knows very well but i, uh, I think it's the, the cigar is definitely helping the drink because it's it's soothing out that kind of you know rugged kind of finish on the ipa mm -hmm. I'm getting a very, like a very sweet orange peel type flavor now. Yes, yes. As a result of the pairing. As a result of the pairing. Yeah. yeah. I, I, the cigar to me after drinking the beer seems like the sweetness, the creaminess of the cigar moves back, and I get more woody cedar notes from the cigar. Again, that for mm -hmm. me, that creaminess is enhanced even more with the uh, with the beer. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, it's certainly not not creamy. It, I yeah. feel like the retrohale is creamier. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, maybe I just retrohaled, so I can certainly agree with that. That the the retrohale has a lot more creaminess to it. Creaminess. But I don't get that so much on the palate. Right. Um, the cedar on the retrohale for me is almost full body to that. Mm. It's just mm -hmm. cedar, cedar, cedar with the finish of the cream. And it's like a salty citrus. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Now, one of the things that that I I wish Rocky would not do is make these the wicked band. huge labels. <laughs> We've been bandy. smoking this cigar for for twelve minutes, and I all I'm already at the point where it I need to take the band off, or else I'm going to be smoking something something else. And uh, how's know, everybody's construction? Good. Construction good. is good. good. Yeah. I, I get great burn and everything. And yeah. frankly, the band came off great. There's no rips. There's no tears. It was very easy to do. Um, you know, I know that 
that uh you know rocky you know loves these big huge beautiful bands and he does he has some of the best looking bands and and stuff in the business as far as i'm concerned everything the 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 gold and white you know on the on the white label here it's just it's fantastic yeah um but it does take up about three quarters of the cigar and you you have to take it off and that's like one of the negatives from like a marketing standpoint to me is like you know you're paying a lot for the wrapper and like i don't know what the undisclosed Mm -hmm. filler is but i mean if you smoke the 1999 then this it's it's a much more quality wrapper and if you look at it when the band's off it's like a beautiful connecticut wrapper it's silky smooth it's yeah. like very tight and visible like seams on it yep i think the wrapper i mean the the band's definitely taking away from like the beauty of the wrapper yeah. and yeah. it's a connecticut connecticut shade grown right too, right it's so a usa connecticut so it's wrapper. more expensive but just I, in that alone i really like the wrapper a lot maybe i'm a sucker for marketing but i think presentation is 50 percent of what you're getting when you see that when you see the cigars in the box they look freaking no, amazing beautiful yes they're 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 amazing it looks like not to mention the cigar. box is basically a humidor itself so yeah that, i mean yeah. it looks like it it, it looks like an 18 dollar cigar when yes. you look at the band when you look at the box the presentation is definitely there that this is worth it um and I am certainly going to agree that as far as creamy, smooth, mild to medium cigar, mm-hmm. this is Rocky's best. I agree. I agree. You know, uh, kudos to him for for upping himself. I mean, his 1999 is one of the best-selling cigars on, at least at Twins. I think it's one of the best-selling Connecticut's. You know, I sell at least a half a dozen a day of the of the of the 99s easily. Yeah. You know, we got so many regulars up here that just grab a fistful, and, mm-hmm. you know, and walk out. Yeah, and, that's and, an it's an easy sell. And they add on the white label. Mm-hmm. They'll grab like one or two white labels and a fistful of the ninety nines. Yep, yep. I sold a box of these on Monday. They're very, very uh, popular. Once people once people try it, mm-hmm. they realize, okay, this is this is not just Rocky putting out. Right. a higher end cigar this is this is actually really really good mm-hmm. this is certainly a i don't want to call it a beginner cigar but someone who's looking for something light who doesn't smoke on a consistent basis who smokes occasionally mm-hmm. is in just to hang out with friends but want something light something smooth but still flavorful yeah this is this is definitely one of the three options i go to and oh, very good always pleased always pleased especially going to the nice weather too it's like a really nice like sit on the patio sunny mm-hmm. day nice ipa mm-hmm yeah, this is a great IPA cigar, and I, I really do think it's pairing well with the... Uh, Probably go pretty good with a screwdriver, too. With the uh, Cream Puff War. It's really it's really going nicely with that. Mm. The peach and the... Cr- peaches and cream. That just peaches goes and cream, together. there we go. we got to rename the episode. Cigar provides the cream, and then <laughs> you got the cream puff with the little peach. Mmm, that's good. Uh-huh. No, I am not an IPA person whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Me neither. This is delicious. Oh, good, yeah. This does remind Yeah, this me. is this is really good. Me I, a, am, uh, I am happy about this. Not a mojito. What's the uh, what's the M drink? That's kind of fruity and mimosa. Mimosa, yes, yeah, yeah. yes. It's definitely a mimosa, but not a mimosa. <laughs> 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 okay, brother Broadly. It's a mimosa, but not not. Yes, yes. Not a mimosa. <laughs> no, it's actually really good. Um, this is something I would drink. In place of a mosa or a daiquiri, you know, on a Sunday morning, on mm-hmm. the deck, uh, bright sunny day. Well, you, know, you know, if I had to drink an IPA, I'd pick this. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's it's one of the things I love about this show is that we get to try so many different things and, and things that normally uh, you know I, I'm not normally an IPA guy. I'm more of a darker ale or or stout kind of person. Mm-hmm. Um, but being able to to try the you know it just widens your perspective. This is really very enjoyable. I can see especially as summertime approaches, this would yes. be a, yes. a drink I would go to. Mm-hmm. Um, Pat, you want to open us up on the discussion of your uh, brief? Mm-hmm. It's time for Pat's briefs, everybody. So it really kind of piggybacks off of the first brief that I did having the deeming rule. I think a lot of the principles from that conversation come into play here. And I'll just say before I start, like a lot of this came from, was brought to my attention from Half Wheel. And I know we kind of bash it for a lot, but they're really up to date on like the important cigar litigations and like the political climate. So a lot of the stuff is referenced to them. Mm -hmm. Um, So basically what happened is on April 28th, the FDA finally announced, which everyone was expecting them to, because this. Right. Um, report was published, which I think Dan will speak to in a little bit, about cigars in the current climate there. So this was kind of the follow-up to that. Right. And they announced two separate different proposed rules. So what happens is they will propose a rule. There is a period that you can kind of question and give feedback to it, which is what we saw in the deeming rule when I discussed it. And then they then finalize the rule. And after it's finalized, a year from that day is when it takes into place. So that's kind of the timeline from what's going on. So currently, they're on the proposed part of it. So those two rules were one was just banning menthol cigarettes. So that's its own separate thing. And then the other one is banning the sale of flavored cigars. So they're not making it a crime if you have one in the United States. They're just making it so retailers can no longer obtain these cigars to then sell to the consumer. Right. So in the way that they're, you know, determining what is a flavored cigar is any flavor other than tobacco. So they're kind of staying true to that premium cigar definition that we discussed during the demon rule conversation since there's no additives or anything to it. And it, it says in that definition, tobacco flavor. Right. So that, that's how they're kind of separating the umbrella from, you know, this cigar that we're smoking tonight and then a flavored cigar. Right. And... This was kind of the reaction to, um, in 2013, uh, I think it was over a dozen, a dozen public health and anti-tobacco groups filed a petition to ban menthol cigarettes. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, the FDA kind of ignored this. And then there was actually a court case and a court ruling that, that forced the FDA to then respond to this, which happened last year. And this is kind of the follow-up from that. So um, why are they doing this? And... It's due to the underage use of the products. So this was another argument that the FDA had during the deeming rule that we discussed. And it it was all these kind of skewed studies and different statistics of high schoolers and other minors smoking uh, cigars. And, you know, it it was like, I'll I'll get into that later because they they referenced some of these studies in this one. But they cite, actually, yeah, so they cited the 2020, which is, again, two years ago. The National Youth Tobacco Survey, which indicated that 5% of high schoolers surveyed. So again, you have to consent to the surveying. They didn't disclose how many people were surveyed, just 5% of whatever the populace was that decided to do it, indicated they had smoked a cigar in the past 30 days. And then out of that 5%, 58% or 2.9% of those surveyed said that it was a flavored cigar. So again, you're talking to lay high schoolers and other minors who don't know what a cigar 
necessarily is Absolutely. properly. So when you're asking them, when they're filling out these, you know, pieces of paper, or like whatever, if, if it's an online document, what a cigar is, they might think that a menthol cigarette could be a cigar. They might think that like, you know, like a gas station over the counter hand roll might be a cigar. So mm -hmm. again, that's, that's skewed in itself. Well, let's, let's, let's be a little bit clearer that there's a difference between cigar and premium cigar, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, there's, you know, a, a backwoods is still properly speaking a cigar, but it wouldn't be considered a premium cigar by the definition of any of us sitting here on and Especially the, the definition that the FDA actually goes by. Correct. So again, like you can see that the studies that the FDA is pushing, they're not disclosing everything. So you don't really know what that cigar is that they're claiming that right. they smoked. So And large cigar doesn't necessarily mean premium cigar. Yeah. So, and again, it's just they're taking this and they're just doing this to push it. Yeah. So... One of the big things that I looked at that I think is going to be a pretty big factor into what they're doing is Rhode Island as a state actually banned flavored cigars. And they had their statistics pulled. And this is kind of the flagship of their argument at the moment because mm -hmm. I can't really see that many loopholes in it or like anything I can kind of pry at. But after they banned flavored cigars, the overall cigar sales in the state decreased by 51%. Specifically to youth, they went from 7.1% of that bunch to 1.9%. So, again, where is this information coming from? They don't tell you. But that's what their big argument is, is here's a state that did it, and look at these drastic changes. So, the other funny thing is that I found is they're excluding menthol e-cigarettes from this, which, again, from an FDA standpoint, I would probably separate vapes and all that from tobacco because they are two different things, but it's just annoying how they're Forgetting about that, which is a huge issue, and they're really like doubling down right now and focusing on cigars. Right. So I think if you look at these statistics of, you know, like e-cigarettes and vapes versus the threat of whatever cigars they're looking at right now, I think there's a clear difference in that. But that's a topic we can get into maybe later. Right. So their main reasoning for this whole thing was that public health favors – well, so – the current public health opinion of flavored cigars is that public health favors the consumer making an educated decision whether or not they want to smoke one of these cigars, where the FDA's new proposed rule is to the opposite, where they're telling you the decision you should be making. So that's kind of the big crux of what's going on right now. So then they're going to have a um, process where the you know people can give opinions and thoughts to this rule and then that's what we saw that, that was the big part of the deeming rule that kind of put the industry on top because all of these proposed and feedbacks were not being met with any answers or any like legitimate argument but that's the phase we're going to be going into and i have the dates written down of that and that is going to be yeah, so May 4th is when the proposed rule process calls for comments, and that's ending July 5th of 2022. Yeah, so, so it starts tomorrow Yep. from the time of the recording of this broadcast to July 5th. Yeah. So that's going to be one of the big kind of battlegrounds for the next couple of months is going to be people kind of commenting on this rule, and that's going to have the FDA have to answer those comments with whatever studies they have, which from the deeming rule – the studies that they were showing were literally what we just talked about with what they're citing here is 
well, what is a premium cigar? Like, or what is a cigar in this case? What are they smoking? Like, tell us what it is. And then it goes into the whole thing of, you know, a premium cigar. You have to get it. You have to know about it. You have to cut it. You have to light it a certain way. Miners aren't doing this. They're smoking these things that are already cut. They're considered um, cigars, but they're not premium cigars. So I think that's going to be where everything's kind of battled out. I think in the future, there's going to be a lot of arguments kind of published. And then if this fails, it's going to be because during this next few month period, the FDA wasn't able to combat any of that. But the Rhode Island study is definitely going to be something that they're looking at since that's a state that's already done it themselves. So, But I also, I'm in the opinion, just let the states do their own thing. That's how it should be with everything. But There are a lot of counties within states that are singularly banning flavored cigarettes and yep. flavored cigars yep. and interestingly enough on that point and then i'll let you guys talk is a lot of states are doing it but then it's being reversed because the state governments are holding that it's not constitutional mm -hmm. to do mm -hmm. so it's just interesting to see how they're trying to do this on the federal level when the states aren't even able to do it themselves especially counties right so i guess like my first question to the panel would be you know what what are your immediate thoughts on this like should the fda be kind of changing that public opinion from having a consumer kind of make their own informed decisions or force the decision on the consumer well i i think the the rationale behind flavored cigars is that it's to them obviously aimed at minors that that uh if it was non-flavored, you know, then then that's one less thing you could you could say that was attempting to get minors to smoke, whether it be cigarettes or tobacco or or cigars. And you know, my my response to that first is, you know, let's let's talk about menthol, you know why is menthol attractive to youth? Well, that's, you know, I, I can't, I, I can't understand that. I mean, that, that the smell to me, it's not, of, the, it, of, it, it, so as a smoker, as an ex smoker, the menthol is attractive because, uh, cigarettes taste like crap. <laughs> menthol is because you know, they're, and they, you know, they don't, they don't, they don't taste bad. Menthol is correlated with mint. Yeah. Right. So in anything that's has a refreshing taste or Minty aftertaste taste. to it. Yep. Right. Mintos, the fresh maker. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, when you smoke a menthol, <clears throat> you know, you get like your mouth gets kind of like, you know, a fresh feeling right. to it. Right. You yeah. know, and you know, because the uh, fiberglass that you're breathing in opens up your blood vessels. I mean, <laughs> so literally it's a, it's like a bad idea. Right. And cigars and yeah. cigarettes. And, and therein was a, a big issue with my, with, with my, problem with this whole thing is that uh um they're still correlating the smoke of cigarettes as being equivalent right. to the smoke of cigars when we know we know scientifically there are hundreds if not thousands of chemicals that are added to cigarettes yes. and and even in the filters like dave said you know mm -hmm. the 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 fiberglass that's that's designed to create micro micro cuts in your gums to get the 
chemicals that are in the cigarette to absorb into your bloodstream more quickly. Yep. Those aren't in cigars. And to, to say that, y- yes, they both contain tobacco, but one is only tobacco and one is at least 600 other different chemicals that are not naturally in tobacco. Mostly carcinogens. So then the argument to that would be that the flavored cigars also have chemicals that are not naturally in tobacco. True. But even then, it's not the... You know, let's let's say that flavor is that one additive. What about the other 600 that are in cigarettes? Well, that comes down to, you know, what is an additive? How is it added? Uh, mm-hmm. With cigars, we know things are usually fermented right. and aged as opposed to directly added. Even with pipe tobacco, there's a topping and a casing as opposed to we're going to mix this directly in the cigarette in order to get that uh, desired taste. Right. I think that a lot of the debate is going to be kind of distinguishing what the additives are to a flavored cigar opposed to what the FDA is deeming to be harmful about right. it. Right. Because yeah. that's all kind of, I mean, we all make our opinions about it. Like, I mean, in the show that we had with the last topic when we talked about this, like we all, like it was a mixed panel, like whether or not an acid was a premium cigar. Mm-hmm. It, it was a mix. So it's like, yeah. If you're going to kind of keep that under the umbrella of premium cigar, you have to distinguish what that additives, what the additives are, and right. then say this can be included because it's the it's this difference and right. you know. Now to that point, don't you think that's one of the reasons the FDA is, feels comfortable going for this, that the the PCA has defined a cigar a premium cigar as not being a flavored cigar, therefore. You know they're not going to be spending their money trying to save flavored cigars. Right. They're going to spend their money trying to to protect non-flavored cigars. See, I'm and on... therefore and therefore the FDA, you know, this is like an easy target for them because the PCA has decided they're not defining that as what a premium cigar. Well, the easy is. target is they feel the FDA is that having specific flavors are attractive to the youth. Right. So if something's mint flavored or cherry presented or chocolate, they're feeling that, you know, a youth will be more attracted to that than, you know, the creamy, slightly peppery cedar of a normal cigar. Mm-hmm. Um, as a youth, we all like something that's chocolate or cherry, and we gravitate towards that. That's my hope, right, really, mm-hmm. is the fact that they're, it's all about, you know, whether or not kids are attracted to it. And yet you have like the smoking gun of alcohol, which, you know, Dan said this many times before, you can go into a bar and have a couple drinks to leave and kill someone. You ain't going to do that if you smoke a cigar. So how can you even like talk about like, this is such an endangerment to children. I think that, you know, when, when the, the percentage the the two percent of the po- baby two percent of the population of America that even smokes cigars, and then what's the population of America that drinks? You know, don't talk to me about like why we should be having a conversation on flavored cigars when we've got you know an obvious you know alcohol 
you know, that, that is obviously marketed to kids. It's obviously like, you know, like bubblegum vodka or something like that. Like, come on, like, really? Like, if you don't want to attack alcohol, then, then, then lay off, you know, they, they, these are just people that have their own agenda and, and, and that's it. And it, it, it's gross. They don't have a right to tell us what we can and can't do. It's, this is America. It's freedom. If you don't like it, don't do it. I think that the answer to it is kind of in Dave's comment. So you look at the cigar industry, it's kind of a small populace and mm -hmm. it's a pretty small industry collectively. And the more the FDA does things like this, even if they say that they know it's not going to stick, it's costing the industry money to fight it. Right. And that indirectly is going to raise the price of cigars because now they're paying money to fight this. And then that's achieving the FDA's goal of, okay, well, it's more expensive, so that's going to get some people to stop smoking it. So I think that that's, that's kind of the main motive to why they're doing it. And I think that the, again, like we said in the last thing, like it's virtue, like, oh, it's for the kids, you know? So that's kind of how they're doing it. And I think you don't see that with the alcohol industry because it's, it's huge. Like, you know, like something like this would be over soon because the, they have the money to throw at this and it doesn't impact the industry like it would have the cigar industry. So I think that yeah. all of these different like <clears throat> litigations is just indirectly achieving the FDA's goal because it, it's it is costing the industry by fighting this. Right. I mean, one of the one of the mm -hmm. uh, things that the FDA is citing is a study that was just released recently um, that they initiated. Um called the premium cigars patterns of use marketing and health effects that was published this year um it's published by the national academies of sciences engineering and medicine and um uh out of washington dc by the national academies press you can go online and look for that and you can actually download a pdf version of that for free um or you can pay for the paperback if you would actually like, but I uh, don't think you need to <laughs> since the PDF is available for There's nothing. Um, and they cite that 1% one, 1 of, Amer of American adults smoke premium cigars. And they also note that premium cigars make up <clears throat> two to 3% of the entire tobacco business, the bulk of which is cigarettes, okay? So cigar smoking is a very small part. In cigar smoking, premium cigars is an even smaller part. And so all of these, all of these regulations that are being done are really aimed at what they admit by their own study to be maybe 1% of the entire population of the United States. Whereas to Dave's point, how many adults drink some kind of alcohol? You know, that's a much larger percentage of, of adults. And, you know, one of, one of the best arguments I've, I've heard with, with this whole stuff, you know, is that if you're, if you're gonna do this, okay, go across the board, you know, don't just say it's it's bad to to right. smoke cigars. Do the same thing with alcohol. Do the same thing with sugar. Do the same thing with coffee. Do the same thing with caffeine. Right. Do the same thing with with soda pop. Do the same thing with and and make it across the board. 
But when you just focus on one little thing that, again, affects 1% of the population, you know, I mean, if you, if you go by the, the, I, I don't want to go there. That that would be kind of rude for me to say. I was going to say something, but that, 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 yeah. but there are there are bigger issues that get much l- less attention than this is mm-hmm. for the percentage of people that are actually using it. And so you know, uh, you know, when you let's let's say we eradicate it. Let's say we eradicate acids and javas which probably account for, what, 90% of the flavored cigars on the market, maybe? Mm-hmm. What have you done? You've, you've, you've eradicated a fraction of the business from 1%. Of, you, you've really done nothing. The, the big issue, if tobacco is the big issue, you've, you've spent millions and millions of dollars eradicating something that really makes no dent in the market. Mm-hmm. Well, the FDA, after assuming to the research, their motives are to A, stop people from smoking, yep. or B, stop youth from smoking. Right. And what's the easiest target? Something that would attract youth. Right. And now, while these things are flavored, presented, we don't see commercials with people smoking, you know, acids or Tatiana's or things like that. Right. Um, it is, you know, a, a flavor preference. As you alluded to, you can go to Shaw's or mm-hmm. any grocery store. Hey, this is bourbon pecan. Hey, this is ripple something something. And nobody blinks an eye because right. it's ice cream and it's sugar, which is also something that should be a part of the, the FDA as well. You know, if they're looking up for people's health, it should be as you said, across the board. Right. So what is it about tobacco that they're so concerned about? Right. And the interesting thing with that too is, is like, for instance, you know, that they're saying anything flavored that's not tobacco. So take Gurkha. Mm-hmm. They do cognac dips or whatever they do with them. So it's, it's tobacco, but it's dipped in cognac. Mm-hmm. So that under their new guideline would be a flavored cigar. So now you're saying that cognac isn't acceptable in a cigar format, but yet they're not, again, to the point of not pushing kind of the liquor department. Right. You're not giving them anything. But now if cognac's in right. a cigar, that automatically makes it bad, but a cognac in itself is fine. Right. So. Yep. Yep. So that, again, says what is the actual motive? Is it actually to get mm-hmm. people to stop smoking, or is there a different agenda? It's an, yeah, it's an agenda and greed. That's, right. that's what their motive is. Interestingly, though, I did read that, um, for anyone that cares, there is a portion, <laughs> there is a portion, a portion. There is an abortion. Yeah. Oh, no, another oh, one. No, 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 no. We're not talking about abortion. I'll talk We're about not talking that. about the abortion. Over there, there is a Overruled. There is a portion. I where, object. Where did my gavel? There is a portion of the Biden administration that actually wants to keep allowing flavored cigars to remain legal to retailers because they smoke them (laughs) (laughs) there's that i mean there's you know and and maybe 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 to the point though uh, you know again are trying to to argue the other side acid which is a a flavored cigar brand if if you don't know what acid is you're not 
smoking enough cigars for a trip. <laughs> but it's the number one selling brand in America and has been for at least four or five years. It is the best selling brand. It's more than Macanudo, more than Punch, more than all those classic names. Shout out Drew Estate. Yep. Is is acid. And you know, to more people and I've said it before, you know, more people come in if somebody comes in who looks like they are a rough and tough dude, it's more likely that they're going to ask for a Cuba Cuba than for a non-flavored cigar. I have sold more Fat Bottom Bettys and I've seen Fat Bottom Bettys since I've been, you know, <laughs> than I've seen Fat Bottom Bettys. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. You know, um, and, you know, again, I'm, I'm looking at the list of people who uh, uh, wrote this uh, report uh, for the FDA. And as I look at them, um, pro all of these are academics. Uh, there are no PhD, medical PhD, doc uh, there are no MD doctors <coughs> listed on this. <coughs> and most of them are assistant professors of this or that so they have phds but there there are no medical doctors that are on this i don't know that there are any of these people who actually smoke cigars on this and i, I would think that if you were going to try and get the um, the gist of the what gist we're doing of, you of what a premium a cigar, cigar is how it's smoked and what you do with it that you would go to actual cigar smokers and not just rely on um, surveys it's that a, are done. I mean, I'll be And I'll there's be plenty of them because, you know, I, there are customers. You yeah, know how many doctors we have coming I mean, in here? Can, know, I, can I be honest? Can I be honest here? Be honest. The only underage people I have seen coming into the smoke shop are sting agents for the government who are trying to see if you will sell a cigar right. to a minor and they are looking to trick you they're looking right. to trick you right. and the only underage people that i see coming into twins have been that kind of people i i don't see slews of eight, 17 18 19 year olds coming in looking for it's not it's not there the market is not aimed right, right. at the, and those people do not want to spend the money right for a cigar no, they'd rather a buy alcohol cigar shop. they'd rather <laughs> buy alcohol they'd rather buy they'd rather buy they can go buy gummies and and go get you know all 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 feel all warm and fuzzy at home without having to deal with anything else at that point they'd rather go to the convenience store and get a camel crush mm -hmm. there is as you say, you know, there's no young people looking to buy a flavored cigar. Any young person who's interested is because usually it's a, I want to call it a tradition, but you know, grandpa smoked a cigar. Right, right. Or dad smoked a cigar, and so they're interested in that. But there are no underage people looking to come in and buy, you know, oh, I want a, a raspberry cigar. Right. It's, it's usually... And let's face it, you know, what are you going to do? Are you going to come in for a Cuba Cuba for 10 bucks? Or are you going to go to the store and buy a six pack for six right, bucks right, or eight right. bucks? And like that's they, what they they're don't, going for. 
they don't mm-hmm. cite anything on marketing to minors either, which was no. a conversation we had previously. Right. When the um half wheel article came out about that, and it's like I, I don't know, it, it's just dumb. Like, so it's a census as opposed to a study. Yeah. Like and- you're trying to do this thing, but you. you and the thing is, if they had anything on marketing to minors, you bet they would have put it out. Oh, there. sure, right. But yeah, they sure. haven't because they don't. They know they don't no one's marketing to minors, so right. not intentionally. Yep. They, and it's yeah, and a kid's gonna get stuff Regardless. in ways like right. you can get a guy that's twenty-one to go and buy you a cigar and give it to you. Like that's you can't only. prevent but again, that. But at the I end mean, of the day, is that worth? abolishing a part of an industry for or is that you should use better police the places that are giving these things out and that's what it is it is regulating appropriately what is sold and to who and how can you do that other than you're asking for an id you can't tell you know 16 year old jimmy hey you can't buy these cigars because they're illegal if dad has them in his in his room already yeah yep yep that's different And um, let's see. Do you have another question for us, Pat? So um, what would the, like, if you were sending a comment to the FDA regarding this rule, like, what would your main point be to combat it? (laughs) Why? (laughs) Well, my major, my major, my major point would be that according to this, this, you know, uh, can we talk almost about this five, over a almost 500 page study that, that you had produced the, the number, the number one thing I come away with having read it is there's really not a whole lot of research on this, but, and, and so they're, they're making decisions that they know there is precious little done on premium cigars, but they're insisting on lumping the whole thing together with it's everything like- else. And and their own reports are saying more studies need to be done in order mm-hmm. so that we can know how this affects health, how this affects youth, how this affects... They're, they admit in this 500-page document that there's not a lot out there to go on. And so how can you come and say, let's ban this, especially when you're talking about 1% of the population? So I guess I'll rephrase the question to how would you comment on against their strongest argument, which is the Rhode Island study that they're doing when they ban flavored cigars and that massive. So the. so Rhode Island flavored cigars were banned and the cigar sales decreased by 51% and youth declined from 7.1 to 1.9%. And this is sales, right? Yes. Okay. So the explanation is very simple. Uh, out of state. Massachusetts, yeah. New York, Connecticut, New Hampshire. That's the answer. The It has never, ever worked. Doing making these kind of ban- this we tried this with prohibition a hundred years ago it didn't work it's not going to work now people are just going to change their buying habits it's not that those people stop buying the stuff it's that they stop buying the stuff in the state yes. cigar sales in massachusetts have dropped dramatically why the the the, the tobacco tax is 40 percent 
why would you pay $15 for a cigar you can drive a half an hour for and pay $10 for? That That's the answer. So then the, the internet is the answer. Then the, there's, they're, they're, they have not proven that it has stopped cigar smoking. What they've shown is that buying habits have changed. Yes. So the mm -hmm. counter argument would be, well, then if they banned it in the country, how would they then get it? The same way they've always gotten it. Someone else will buy it for them. That, again, prohibition, what, what happened? It went black market. And it's secret. It went, it, went, it went under the table until things changed back. So there's, you know, people are going to figure out a way to get around this stuff. And trying to get this off the market. And again, I, I'm not saying that there's no health risks to smoking cigars. I'm not saying there's no health risks to smoking tobacco of any kind. Uh, I'll, I'll be the first to, to say that there are, but, a, you know, responsible adults are, you can't walk around in the United States and not know what those uh, risks are. And the reality is too, there's, you know, the studies that have been shown about premium cigar smoking and pipe tobacco smoking and health-related risks, you know, that have been that have been done, you know, really show that the average cigar smoker who smokes once or twice a week, right. the, the average cigar smoker is, is smoking something like a couple of cigars a week. And the last major study that was done showed that smoking two cigars a day or, or two bowls of pipe tobacco a day have a negligible effect on risks for major diseases, whether it be mouth cancer, lung cancer, or any kind of things like that. And what they actually found was that those people actually ended up living two, three, four years longer than the people who didn't smoke ever at all in their life. Less stress, baby. Why? Because you don't smoke cigars because of addiction to nicotine. You smoke cigars in order to relax. Correct. People don't seem to... I, you, you, can, you can make the arguments for, for against this, that, or the other thing if you want. But the reality is they don't ever tell you that there's nicotine and other things that people eat all the time, like tomatoes. The average tomato has twice the nicotine in your average cigar. I don't ever wake up thinking, my God, I need to have a tomato or my life is not going to be complete today. Sometimes I do. You know, and eggplant is even higher. I love eggplant parm, but I'm not going to, I don't ever wake up thinking if I don't have my eggplant, I'm not going to be able to get through the day, you know? So there's, there's something that's missing from this, this whole conversation that they're not willing to look at. And while I'm willing to entertain the idea that smoking a tobacco leaf and eating a tomato may be two different activities. And, but because you're not funking with the, chemical constitution of the tobacco leaf, just like you're not funking with the chemical constitution of a tomato if you're cooking it, your body is not necessarily taking nicotine as an addictive thing. Now, in cigarettes, you're adding a whole bunch of other stuff to the equation that's meant to get you addictive. 
Not to mention the absorption level of nicotine when being being breathing into the lungs is thousands, thousands of times, of times right? More, you know, you're getting thousands of more, uh, uh, you know, particles of nicotine than right. you are just by smoking a cigar. And the, so it's not even a relative discussion. And the assumption that that premium cigar smokers inhale or must inhale, especially if they might have been cigarette smokers. And therefore, you know, opens them up to the, they don't know. They don't know any of those answers. They admit that in this study. They have no concrete knowledge of how premium cigar smokers inhale tobacco and therefore have no real knowledge about what kind of risks are available for that. They have no idea what the pH of cigar smoke which is very alkaline, which is very much what's the, the, the same pH as your mouth, does. They, they have no idea what that is. I, I get, if I drink a lot of orange juice, if I drink it all the time, I get canker sores. Why? Mm. Because it's very acidic. I don't ever get canker sores or mouth-related you know, pain from smoking cigars because they're very alkaline. It's the same thing that's going on in your mouth. It's the same. So, you know, I, I think that, you know, they admit that there's these pockets that they, that are really important to know that they don't know. And they're making these assumptions based on things that they're, they're, they're not being completely honest about, like all those other chemicals that are in cigarettes. Mm -hmm. It's not just tobacco. Somebody who rolls who comes and gets organic tobacco and rolls it in a paper is smoking a very different cigarette than somebody who goes and buys a Marlboro. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, now you're inhaling both. I'm sure that there's inherent dangers, you know, in your self-rolled cigarette right. versus a Marlboro. But I'm also willing to bet that there's a whole lot more you need to worry about with a Marlboro than you are with your hand-rolled cigarette. It was easier for me to quit. I was hand-rolling my own cigarettes before I quit, and when I did, it was way easier to walk away for it, walk away from it, than when I was smoking, you know, like um, Camels, which was my brand. You know, um, that was that was just a fact of life for me. <clears throat> when it comes to, to me, it just sounds like these guys. We really don't know or have a much information about what we're talking about, but we really feel this is a bad idea. Yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of how I come away with it. Well, but that's, that's their job, to say, oh, this doesn't look good, let's stop that. It really comes down to self-information, not only knowing your yeah. own body, but knowing what you are putting into your body. And as you alluded to, the benefits and you know, the, the cons right. of what you're smoking, whether it be a cigarette that gives you that you know, nicotine, tar high mm -hmm. or you know something that's more relaxing opens up the endorphins in a cigar and the only other <clears throat> comment that i'll do that just kind of combats their studies with the high schoolers smoking cigars is when you're in high school originally you know as of a couple few years ago you could smoke cigars when you were 18 so i wonder if the population that they're looking at is a population that previously legally was smoking cigars because right. again that study was done in 2020 right which means that everyone that was in high school previously could smoke cigars right 
So that's another gap in their argument that I find. Yep. Yep. Well, it's, it's, even with the actual statistics, as far as people who are <laughs> of legal age, it's um, I allude to my story. I was far underage when I had my first cigar, and it wasn't because it was flavored or because you know someone in my family smoked. It was, be, it was the image that it put forth. It was the people that I was around and how they enjoyed it, and so I wanted to try it. So to your point, Pat, these people who could smoke and can't smoke anymore. That, that skews the numbers. It's also, where are these people getting, you know, these smoking products from? Is it from an actual reputable retailer or is it from someone's humidor? Right, right. And it's like, if the FDA, again, had something on, like, elementary level kids smoking, you bet they would tell you and they would publish sure. that. But they don't, and it's only high school. And, again, the definition of minor changed. Right. So... Right. You know, in the 1800s, all the six-year-olds are smoking. So yeah. All right. Um, we'll get to Mark Twain in a minute. Um, but we're going to take a break first. When we come back, we are going to be looking at the uh, um, McBaron HH uh, Old Dark Fire. But before we go to the break, um, can we give our final thoughts on the cigar here, Dave? Uh, very creamy, uh, very smooth, citrusy. Uh, some, you know, it's like a, a salty citrus that's going on with the retrohale. I thought the pairing was really good. Mm. You know, for this cigar, the the pairing was perfect. Pat? Yeah, it, it was a good cigar. I think that the blend is intended to be in a smaller Vitola. Mm -hmm. I think that it lost a lot of what I enjoyed from the Churchill by having the larger form factor. It got a little bit more rugged, a little bit less smooth. Mm-hmm. The cedar is definitely more pronounced, but I think that from the market that this is going for, I think that the Churchill that I had um, competes with your other higher-end options for this kind of an experience. So, Shell? So for me, I do enjoy the Robusto a little more because it's a little, uh, the flavor is more compounded. You get a little bit of everything. Uh, with this IPA, the creaminess just exploded for me. Mm -hmm. And on the retrohale, the cedar was all cedar. So I didn't get much of the creaminess or any, like I said, any spice at all, any, any pepper. But you know, very good together. Yep. I would agree. <sighs> very smooth. Very creamy. The 60 format has a lot more of the cedar going on with it. And um, you get a, a, a kind of a, for lack of a better term a thicker kind of creaminess mm -hmm. with the smaller vitolas which i really appreciate um uh, i thought it went very well with the uh um the beer here the the what's this again the um cream puff war um the peach i thought was a really good pairing with with this uh, really enjoy both very very much all right we're going to take a break now and we'll be right back don't go anywhere all right, everybody, we're back. Thanks for hanging in there with us. And now we have switched to our pipe section where we're smoking this. McBaron's HH Old Dark Fire. This is a very, very popular, highly rated um, uh, Virginia Burley blend. And uh, from the tobacco um, reviews.com website, uh, it has what used to be on the tin. It's I don't think it's there anymore. Uh, 
uh, yes, it is. It's there. It's there on the tin, but uh, I have it here in bigger print on my computer. A bold flake of dark-fired burleys in a well-balanced unity with flu-cured Virginias. This flake is hot-pressed, meaning that during the processing, heat is added by steam to the tobaccos, which causes the tobacco to intensify the marrying process, giving us a bolder tobacco. The robust, earthy flavor of the dark-fired burleys shines through in the taste and you will experience a deeply satisfying smoke indeed it's quite description um it's manufactured by go figure mcbarron and uh of virginia burley burley kentucky virginia there's no flavoring just the uh steam that's added it's a flake cut tobacco uh the tin we have here that we'll, we have available tin at uh, twins is a uh, 100 gram tin which is roughly 3.5 ounces. And uh, it is a very nice deep. If you like Burleys, I think you're going to like this. We'll see what everybody else thinks. Um, when I smoked it, uh, I got notes of kind of an unsweetened cocoa, uh, smoked wood, stone fruit, and black walnuts. Um, there were also occasionally hints of citrus and sweet hay. And a kind of a lingering spice to it. Um, I kind of set the stage with that, knowing that other than Dave, maybe you know, uh, I Pat and Shell, while they smoke the pipe, are not as prevalent as I am myself. But uh, I'd like to know what everybody thinks. And then uh, Pat, as people are smoking, giving them time to kind of get their own tasting notes. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the beer that we're doing with this one? Something called Voodoo Ranger. Imperial IPA. Yeah, so it's made by New Belgium, which makes my favorite um, beer, which is the Fat Tire. <clears throat> the Fat Tire? Yeah. Or the Flat Tire? Fat Tire. Fat Tire. It's one of my favorite beers that I used to drink all the time in college. But yeah, this is a uh, 9% um, Imperial IPA. They don't really have much on it. It has a bunch of different hops in it that I'm not really well versed in describing, but... It's going to be one of your more heavier IPAs. Mm. <clears throat> so, Dave, what are you picking up from the uh, old dark fired so far? Well, as soon as I lit it up, I got this uh, instant whiff of campfire. Mm. Um, and then it's like a really nice smoked... It tastes to me like a, a smoked Virginia. Like... Um, you get a little bit of the wood tones, mm -hmm. uh, and they're more like the campfire, like wood tones that are wrapped around, like a little bit of raisin and a little bit of dates, you know, mm -hmm. and I would say it's probably like a medium to me in boldness. Pat, what about yourself? Yeah, it's a nice medium smoke. It has like this kind of like hickory smoke type flavor to it mm. a little bit of like dog fruit sweetness a little bit of wood and it does have like a roasted kind of nut um flavor to it and then it has like a, that spicy kind of texture to it that's kind of like lingering on the palate through the finish shell definitely getting that stone fruit out of it mm -hmm. uh just smelling the tobacco before lighting you get a very light you can smell that burly right on top mm. and uh on the retro hail just a, a pinch of that spice it's a little more robust as you retrohale mm. um, i like it 
<clears throat> I would call the uh, advice medium as well. Would you? Do you guys pick up black walnuts? Yeah, as soon as you said that, I did, but I hate walnuts, so I'm trying not to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> no nuttiness for me at the yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, we're gonna backtrack a little bit here and uh, do something. We, you know, we had a great discussion in the first half of the show. I don't know if there's anything else to, that did. Have we completed basically the discussion you wanted to have, Pat? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what? Where I want to go next is to do my uh, cigar confession. Cigar confession. And uh, my confession is, uh, it it might be considered more of a rant <coughs> tonight, um, and and that has to deal with a uh, review that was posted uh from a major uh uh cigar news um industry uh website and their review of the memento mori corona and um uh i don't want to get into um you know really being negative on a particular business so i'm not going to say anything i'm not going to say what it was because i think i i want to apply this in general uh the reviewer uh was attempting to review the memento mori um corona by black label cigars and by his own description uh the cigars that he got all had construction issues major construction issues that kept him from being able to really enjoy the cigar for any length of time and uh, ended up making it next to impossible for him to review. Cool. That being the case, he did review the cigar and gave it a very low rating of 72. Um, I bring it up because we smoked the Memento Mori on this show not all that long ago and we all really enjoyed it and had no construction and had no construction issues and it was a great cigar we recommend the cigar it's it's uh really you know uh black labels uh um factory uh was just you know was was recently nominated as one of the best small factories in nicaragua um you know it's a highly rated factory and stuff but here here's my here's my problem if you are a professional blogger or a news person out there and you are attempting to rate a cigar and you get a cigar from a company that has construction issues not that the cigar sucks on its own but it has construction issues what i would do is then write the company back and say, we are not going to review this cigar because we were not able to light your cigar or get your cigar to burn. Fix this problem or send us ones that do and we will then, you know, we'll attempt to do a review. But what this person did was completely, in my mind, trash the brand hmm. and then in their notes that they publish basically say that reviewing cigars has become a big pain to them and that it's the worst part of their week because 
who the heck knows if they're going to get a cigar that doesn't have construction issues. So many places do. And I, I just don't enjoy doing this anymore. And so the rating really seemed to me, after having read the whole thing, to be more a reflection of that person's frustration with the fact that the cigar industry seems to be having trouble producing cigars on a regular basis without construction issues than on the actual cigar itself and its merits on its own. Now, I don't want to rate a cigar that I can't smoke. I don't want to rate a cigar. I don't want to talk about a cigar that I can't enjoy. I think the proper thing to do is to then let that company know I'm not going to do it and not come out and publicly rant saying what is going on in the cigar industry that there's all these problems i mean COVID is happening companies are having to hire new people all the time and retrain people there's construction issues all over the place because companies are having to retrain people to do things and and i just don't get i thought it was very unprofessional and frankly unkind to do things that way and you know, if you don't like a cigar, then give it a low rating. If you can't rate the cigar, which this person basically admitted they couldn't really do because they never tasted it because all they were tasting was the char of relighting the cigar over and over and over again, then don't rate it. Then don't rate it. Just write your review and if, instead of giving it a number score, say N.A. I couldn't do this because I couldn't <clears throat> rate the cigar. I couldn't enjoy it. What do, you, what do you guys think? Was is Am, am I wrong here? Well, or, he posted you... a picture of the cigar, which, you know, didn't look to have that much construction issues with it. You know, and the other thing was, is like, he described it almost perfectly. So for someone not being able to, you know, know what it was, he pretty much nailed it. Um, but, I mean, you know, I think he was just grumpy. It was like he needed a Snickers or something, man. Like <laughs> he just he just crapped all over them because he was he just wanted to get it off his chest or something. And you know, I I feel like it really could have been anybody, but maybe he's got an axe to grind with uh, Black Label Co. or yep. something. But I feel like it, it almost could have been anybody. He's just gotten to this point where he was fed up, and that's when he decided to take it out. And I think that is completely and totally unprofessional. And that if he wanted to do something positive. He should have told the company and right. instead of the world. <laughs> right. <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think people tend to forget that <clears throat> cigars are precious cargo. And as beautiful as they look, and as, as similar as they look, they're hand rolled. Yeah. Not everything is 100% the same. And you, you're technically getting a one off from the person who smoked the one before you. Mm-hmm. And so when you get something that's not as well constructed as the previous one, you you're kind of smoking a different cigar even though it's in the same box right and so when you get whatever this reviewer's issues are personally mm-hmm. you know maybe he's having a bad day maybe he is done reviewing cigars but uh we tend to forget that it's not you know you know marshawn ramen noodles you're not going to get a pre-made package <laughs> you're getting a very particular very specific product mm-hmm. hand rolled separately from the one before it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And in my my experience, the first one I had had construction issues. I couldn't get a draw. Uh, his experience from from the thing saying it was almost too open. Yeah. And I'm like, usually when a cigar is open, I think it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, 
Uh, when I smoke a, a heavy gauge cigar and it's like wide open, I'm impressed that it's open, you know, because they're, usually they're, they're pretty thick and, and weigh a lot. And you're like, how can this have like just such, such an enjoyable open draw? I think that, you know, it almost like it, it burns even cooler when it has like a really good open draw, you know. Um, I just feel like his description of the cigar and then his notes were completely contrasting. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't, I, I don't understand why he just had to do a rant yeah, for no it, purpose it, it, other than his self-gratification right. that he got it out of his system. It turned more into a bitch session yeah, than right. a review. Yeah. It's very similar to reviewing a movie. Mm -hmm. If you know something's popular or something's good and everybody has the same you know, perspective on it, maybe you want to be a little different and, for lack of a better term, bad-mouthed just to get your review out there, just right. to have your perspective out there. Right. Pat, you're awfully quiet. Did you agree? Did you agree with the reviewer? I'm on. I'm on the other end of the argument. Oh, he did. <laughs> so, well, let me elaborate on that because I'm not. Mm -hmm. I'm not in agreement with the article, but I'm agreement. So, agreement. I said. He said agreement. Okay. So, I have had that cigar numerous times, and I will say that there is a construction issue with it. I have the experience that he had. I had it numerous times including the time we smoked it on the show i at the halfway point it happened so that that is a thing but now with that being said personally what i've noticed as like nicaraguan cigars as an entirety there's been a lot of construction issues because there's a lot going on in nicaragua mm -hmm. and i think that when i if i were to review a cigar and give it a score which i'm against doing because it's all a review to me should be you give your notes and you say your opinion of it, like how yes. it was enjoyable, yes. and then someone then takes that information and then if they think that's their gig, they try it. You know, I don't think someone should rate a cigar on any scale because it's very subjective. Like I don't like mild cigars; people love them. I'll give a mild cigar a low rating, but that doesn't mean that other person won't like it. Right. So I don't think you should rate cigars like that. So that's one of the reasons we don't do that on this show. Yeah, one of the reasons I don't ask. Would you give this a 9 or a 10 or a 7 or a 5? <clears throat> I don't want to get into that because, you know, each of us have different palettes. Right. And you may identify your palate more with Dave or more with Pat, more with Shell or Paul or myself. And you'll go by that. I mean, but when you rate a cigar, you know, you're rating it on your palate, right. not on it necessarily as a whole. Yeah, and, I agree with that. And with that being said, like if I were to rate something, if the construction was bad, that's probably the only thing that I would rate because that's a big part of it. Mm -hmm. But with that being said, I, I've had the memento when it's been burning the correct way, and it's a phenomenal cigar. Mm -hmm. I, I, and that's why I could speak so well to it on the show because I've had it before, <laughs> and I know how much I enjoyed that Pennsylvania um, wrapper. Broadleaf, yeah. So with that being said, now I think that the rant that he had, I think, is warranted not to bash a single company because he said in that kind of like those comments that it was something beyond that cigar. So I think the proper way to kind of get that rant out there, if he had to do it, was to put an editorial or something and just say like, you know, construction issues and just Correct. kind of list your... Th Don't Correct. bash a single company right. because other companies I've smoked... Expect some more than others, but there's a couple I can name. I'm not going to say them that I've had consistent issues with. 
and I haven't had a cigar that burned the right way. Yeah. So I think it is an issue going on currently. Right. But it's not an issue you should be directing solely to one manufacturer because right. it's beyond them. Right. So I think it was unprofessional, and I don't agree with it. But when it comes to the cigar itself, I did have those similar issues. So I wouldn't have. Would you agree with me that if you had those kind of issues, you would the 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 proper thing to do professionally and in terms of frankly politeness would be to talk to the company and say i'm not posting a review of your cigar here's why see i'm about transparency so if i was given three samples that was three opportunities of it performing the right way so to the consumer if i would have just discard a review because it didn't work well to me it's kind of putting it's not being honest with the consumer like if there's three cigars out of a bunch that he got that didn't smoke the right way someone could turn around look at the review and then buy one and have the same issue right. so it goes down to it's an unfortunate thing because that is a really good cigar but there is a construction issue with it i would i'm happy to say that because i've had it and if it, it's something you have to you know pay attention to because well at the end you can't at, just say oh i had three cigars <clears throat> when he really had six then at and the all end of three the day, burnt well if if okay, okay if you want to go that way then i would i would say the rating is na not available no and that's here's not here's why yeah. i can't rate the cigar because the cigar did not burn well for me it didn't perform well for me I can't fairly tell you what the cigar was like because I had so many issues with it. Instead of saying 72. Instead of having three paragraphs of how delicious it sounded. You know what I mean? Because he had like, you know, the whole review was just like, you know, I'm reading it. I'm like, wow, this guy doesn't really sound like he's, you know, that upset or anything. And then you read his notes and he just. And then at the end, he basically flat out said, this is a bad cigar. So I think that discarding the review, now to my understanding, the way that the process is done there is you take notes of the cigar and the person smoking the cigar isn't the one that gives it the final score. Someone else does that. So I'm not even in disagreement with posting the review. It's more of how unprofessional the delivery was right. and i also think that if you're someone who looks at a number review to determine whether or not you're going to smoke something i think you're wrong in general mm -hmm. so the number to me is not a is not what my main concern is with it because if people are going to take that and, and have that be their opinion of if they're going to try it or not you know, you're, you're losing out on a lot of cigars. But that's but... the consensus of people, because so you have so many people that come in and be like, "Oh, this got a ninety, but this got a." 90, I just that. I don't like it's how so many of them. I don't like how you're doing a review, and then you kind of break that third wall, and then you have your. It's like you're talking to the person reading, and then you're just kind of going outside the scope of your review and just putting like the external thoughts into it. I think that should be eliminated from it. And if you got rid of those thoughts and you saw the score based on what the professional notes were on the tasting notes and then the, mm -hmm. the, the honest opinion on the construction, I'm fine with it. You had three cigars, all three of them burned the wrong way. Professionally say that and then give it to review. But don't take a stab at the company 
for that right. and make it this like, oh, I, you know, reviewing cigars has been a hassle recently because a lot of them are burning the wrong way. Okay, that's probably, it's a true statement. I mean, we, we all work in a cigar shop. We've seen probably more often than not, because you guys have been doing it longer than I have, that a lot of cigars currently are having issues. Mm-hmm. Don't put that on one company. I think that was very unprofessional. Well, it sounds like uh, this reviewer was having a bad day or just kind of at the, the end of their rope. But to your point, Pat, it, it is a personal opinion. A review is a personal opinion. Right. It's not, uh, we all smoked this cigar together. And this is what we thought is, mm-hmm. I had this one. It didn't burn right. This is how I feel about the company. I think that is absolutely, you know, inappropriate. Right. Um, I've had construction issues with a very good cigar a very good cigar everybody loves it i love it but every time i have that cigar it's cracking or it's splitting it's tunneling but the the profile comes out mm-hmm. so again it's this person's personal opinion of you know i'm having a bad day mm-hmm. i'm having to smoke the cigar that i had three times i had the same issue three times but instead of saying as you guys alluded to hey company please do better it's all oh, the scars horrible because, you know, I didn't have I didn't have a good day. And, and that's the thing that yeah. I think annoys me about this with mm-hmm. this particular publisher is, even to conversations we've had in the past. If you have an issue that's personal, communicate that to that right. person instead right. of publishing it because it just looks bad. Right. And, right. like I said, I think this review was proper minus breaking that third barrier and just doing your personal because there should be no personal opinion when you're reviewing a cigar that's my opinion i I get people have a following and you want their personal opinion because if you've if you're interested in their palette and like the content that they're creating yeah you can see how they think of it but if you're a publisher and you're marketing yourself to be the cigar news source you have to have an objective kind of thought which i think they do very well when they're doing the review but then you see this review and, you, and you're like, oh, it's a pretty awesome cigar. I want to try this. But then you go down, like the number that's given to it doesn't even represent at all what was said before. Right. It and totally it, it, and it then a lot of people, totally unfortunately, look at that number and they say, oh, I guess it wasn't a good cigar. So it's like they go from thinking, this is great. I want to try this. Oh, maybe not. And it goes back to the, the, the signature, the mm-hmm. CRE signature. That was a cigar that we all smoked and we all enjoyed it. I, I was on like a podium at Twins. So I was like, this is the best cigar. <laughs> and then next thing you know, it's tasting notes right on point. Yep, yep, yep. And then you go to the number and it's like, what the hell? Like, where did this come from? You know what I mean? So I, I just think if you're someone that looks seriously at that number, you're doing it wrong. And you're mm-hmm. going to miss out on a lot of good cigars. Mm-hmm. We tell people all the time when they come in and ask for recommendations, everybody has their own palate. And you have to figure that out as you smoke yeah. more and more. And so for this reviewer, maybe their palate came into play. Maybe they did, really didn't like the cigar, but they were trying to be objective and give honest notes. But again, the bashing of the company was yeah. totally... You know, again, I have to mention, we have like a bunch of customers that come in and buy cigars that I would never touch with a 10-meter category. So... You know, yeah, it's totally subjective, and you shouldn't go by a score. You should go by what you like, because mm-hmm. right. they're happy, mm-hmm. you know, and all the power to them. Yeah. And it's like when someone comes in, they want, like, an acid, or they want something flavored. I'm not going to sit there and say, what do you want that? 
you know bleep for you know because it's 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 objective like if you want something right. flavored this is a really good flavored cigar you're going to enjoy this it doesn't matter what i think about it mm -hmm. it's what they want and right. i think that when you're reviewing and that's why i do like how we have the format here because there's been times where i've smoked something that i really don't like and it you you couldn't tell because i'm giving you my notes of it and if those notes are comparable to your palate you might love that cigar it's just taking what you're getting out of the cigar and then relaying that to somebody that they can take that information right. and determine and, whether or not for themselves that's, that's, if it's a good and, cigar. And that's what it should be. And, you know, again, you know, I, I, I'm, st I'm sticking by my guns. I, I think that if, if you smoke a, a you know, again, put an editorial out. We were given X number of, of Memento Mori cigars to smoke. We had burn issues with them. Uh, you're not going to see a review of them on our site. And here's why. Because we had these issues with this cigar. In the review, don't go, what what the, you know, why are there so many cigars going, I, I, this is the worst part of well, my week. Well, you shouldn't even reviewing. mention Memento Mori. You should make an editorial like, you know, like, hey, you know, I've had like half of my cigars for like the longest time performing what's up with the industry can you know, we you know are this, we trying this, this, are we trying to make the industry better or are we trying to just you know get clicks get clicks know? and and in my mind this was just out there to get clicks you know i right. i think right. e even given your bad experience i didn't have that experience you know i all the all the memento wars i've had have burned right that doesn't mean that yours didn't burn wrong, that this guy's didn't burn wrong, that other people have not had these. I'll admit that there are issues again all over the, all over the industry, not just with Nicaraguan cigars. Mm -hmm. But I I think that when when you're you're one of these people who's basically setting the industry standard for you to just come out and then just browbeat an entire brand. You know, because you got some bad stuff. That doesn't help anybody. You know, I, I would, I, 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 you know, I, I really think what, what should have happened is we're, we're not going to publish, the, we're not going to help you by giving you a review because we feel we couldn't do it properly. There are other logistics that go into that, which probably factored in. This, this review is on the timeline. He smokes yeah. so many cigars and he has to get this out. Um, you never know what comes into play, but again, it shouldn't be towards the company. It should be that specific cigar that he smoked at mm -hmm. the time and said, hey, this is what happened to me. This is what I'm giving it at this time. Maybe I'll try again. But again, that's what yeah. a review is. When you go review anything else, you don't, yeah. you know, kill the whole yeah. company because you had one bad experience. I have a cigar confession when this conversation is over, too. The conver we can move on to your cigar no. confession. Wait, wait, wait. Move along. So move along. What do you go cigar confessions entail? I'm new. Cigar confessions is basically a, a, a regular segment that we have on the show mm -hmm. where, for the most part, it's talking about cigar pet peeves. Mm -hmm. We wish that you would do this to start enjoying your cigar better or stop doing this to enjoy your cigar better. Gotcha. In this case, you know, we're talking about the reviews and what they do to the cigar smokers impression of a, of a brand or of a, a, of a cigar. 
you know, I, I think in this case it was, a, I personally felt like this review was a disservice. And while I can appreciate there were issues that this person had, I think it could have been handled in a, in a much different way. My way, maybe it's because I wrote a book on forgiveness, so I have to be that guy, <laughs> would be to then just say, hey, look, I don't want to badmouth your company, so I'm going to let you know that while you wanted a review, we're not doing it because I can't fairly rate the cigar because, frankly, it sucked. Right. I couldn't smoke it. But you should know because I respect your business. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, now, Anybody Pat, Pat has Pat has a valid, you know, point to, you know, you smoke the cigar, they all, you know, you had three different samples, none of them burned right. Tell people, hey, I had three examples, none of them burned right. You know, that that's another, you know, way to go with this whole thing. But that that's the kind of thing that this is. Okay. So, but, you know, so from, this is like from an industry standpoint, what could people do to help people enjoy the cigar better? Okay. Don't write reviews like that. You know, sure so, that. you know, if, if yeah. you ever come up with something or whatever, you know, it's, it's that kind of thing. So it's, you can talk about it from a negative view. What's your pet peeve, you know, or more positively, what do you wish people would start doing or stop doing so that they can enjoy their cigar or pipe more? Well, I was just making sure cigar confessions were that one time at band camp sort of thing. Go, no, no, go. It's, not the, it's not the band camp. The no nutty trumpets. Although we could do that, no, but let's, uh, let's not. typically we, we, we don't. <clears throat> so now that we've defined what cigar confessions are and we're smoking pipes, what's your uh, cigar confession? <laughs> so <laughs> last week I had a new one. and Ooh, a new one what? A new pet peeve, and it's something that infuriated me. Mm. So, there was a gentleman at the lounge, and I was sitting there doing homework, and I was hearing... I'm like, what the hell is that guy doing? I look over, and he was spitting in his ashtray. Mm. Mm. And I got enraged. And it's... And I, this happens in the lounge often. People get a cup and they'll start spitting in it, which if it's disposable, it's still gross. Don't do it. But, okay, don't spit in an ashtray. You know why? Because it's called an ashtray. And also, you're not the one not that has to clean. It goes back to my, remember my first pet peeve, mm -hmm. don't put food in the ashtray. Mm -hmm. Don't spit because someone needs to clean that and no one wants to touch your spit or scrub your food out of an ashtray. Or your gum. Or your apple core, or your banana peel. Most of my pet peeve revolves around ashtrays. I, I had to clean them for so long when I was working at the. Oh bar yeah, bar. no, I totally, totally get that. And it, 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 and the other thing, since I'm on the rant now, if you're sitting someplace and you're using an ashtray, if you move seats, be considerate and take your ashtray with you, and use that ashtray. There's people that were seat hop three to four different times in one night at and the bar. At the bar, even tables in the lounge, and they were you. They just start dirtying up different ashtrays. Mm -hmm. Stop doing that. What about people who leave their stuff on three or four different tables? Who does that? Oh, <laughs> you, you, you're talking to the uh, the clean freak here. <laughs> I've never left any more than four square inches. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even here, at, you know, in Twins and Hooks, we have something called the, the tobacconist tray, 
which is this you know little little thing where all of the whoever I don't on, pay attention to whoever's that. on shift. Yes, I've noticed that there. It's too small. Whoever's on shift, you know, if you put all your crap on this tray, everything stays neat and everything. And if you take all your stuff off the tray at the end of the night, you you've kept everything. Um, you know, people like Dave who like have this creeping, you know, you know, growing. I, All right, come on. You gotta, you're going to have to mention <laughs> some of the stuff that I leave there because it's not just mess. All right, like uh, potato chips. Those Pipes. are all neatly curled up in the corner over there. Yes, not even which on is the not, we, we all know. I have my peanuts there. Yes, your peanuts are there. There are receipts there. There's empty cigar uh, uh, wrappers there. There's all sorts of stuff that I, I look at it and I go, my gosh, what is over here? This is just weird. <laughs> you know? It's just weird. <laughs> but um, let's get back to the, the pipe tobacco here. Because um, this isn't a, a uh, Dave Tim Confused rant. Um, what do we think of the pairing with mm. this particular beer, the, the Voodoo Range, and the... HH Old Dark Fired from McBaron. I actually haven't even been focusing on the pairing. I've, I've literally just been really enjoying just smoking this. It's a it's, really good tobacco. It is it? a really good tobacco. I, I, I'm, I'm not usually like fire-cured type of person, but this <laughs> this type of fire-cured where it's like a fire-cured wrapped around a really good Virginia, it's just, mm-hmm. it is, it's really good. What it is. What about you? This isn't your normal jam either, Shell. Yeah, I am enjoying the pipe tobacco. Uh, the stone fruit, I get a lot of that. Mm-hmm. A lot of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm enjoying it. It's very almost refreshing. Mm. And it's it, it's tasty. It's actually tasty. How's it going uh, with the beer? The beer, uh, for me personally, two IPAs in a row, I'm not getting a whole lot out of the actual pairing. The beer is good. Mm. It's, it's, it's smooth. Not too hoppy. No. Mm-hmm. But as far as pairing them together, you know, I'm not I'm not making a connection there. Yeah, I'm not getting too much of a connection with the pairing either. Like I just, I feel like it just mutes all of the smoke, to me. I feel like it's just not even a good pairing. Pat. Yeah, the uh, pipe tobacco is really good. It's kind of like Dave's point. Like I, I, well, I actually like Kentucky Fire Cured, so I like getting that like nice smokiness out of it, the yeah. nice sweetness, and it has like, a really nice like Virginia aspect to it. And the pairing, honestly, it's kind of a pretty bland IPA. I don't think it's really doing anything. It's not to me. It's not taking away, but it's also not adding anything. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. If yeah. you're trying to get drunk and smoke a pipe. It's kind of boring. Do people do that? If you're trying to get drunk while you're smoking a pipe. Yeah, you hear that, FDA? (laughs) Blame it on the alcohol. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. It's it's very good. Mm. As someone who leans towards aromatics, Mm -hmm. this is, I actually like this a lot. This is a good, I'll say this is a good before dinner smoke. Mm. Why before dinner as opposed mm. to after dinner? Depending on what you have. Like, I can prep myself for a nice, you know, medium rare steak. Mm. I was going to say, I could I have a this. steak right now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah, this would go very good with the steak before or after. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to Tuckaway. Is Pat's mine? 
Oh, my goodness. Are you ready for a little bit of a would you rather? Now, yeah, yeah. to explain a would you rather question. That's mm-hmm. when we ask. Do you have you explain this? Question. I guess you could. Or we could break out. Would you out rather we don't? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I, I come up with a question every week and, and everybody gets to, you know, answer it. Okay. And so th- this, I hope, is a real interesting question. Would you rather <laughs> work? four day weeks or work two months in a row and then get a month off Ooh, that's an easy month they seem to be conflicted four day work weeks or two months on one month off what are the what are the four days consist of are they like eight hour shifts are they like 12 hour shifts I don't know. Four <laughs> days on. This is called three days order. off. Call it four tins. Or you want work two months and then get a month off. Ugh. Yeah, I, I, I personally would go for the four day work week. You know, I just, I, I'm lazy, but I'm not a month <laughs> off lazy. Okay. You know, I'm not. That's yes, that's, you are. <laughs> No. Yes. No. Yes. When I was when I when I along Come on, it's ago, already time to go back to work. When I when I left T Mobile. Screw my life. No, when I left when I left T Mobile, I didn't work for like four months and that was like after the first two weeks, I was just nuts. Then I you know, I just couldn't I couldn't take it. You know? I even I like to put it this way, like I worked at a McDonalds. Mm-hmm. I, I I just couldn't I didn't need the money. I had enough saved up where I was fine, you know. But oh, oh no, I couldn't. I couldn't take a month off. I mean, no, no, four days on. Pat, I would do four days on because I feel like when you're off for like a month doing nothing, you want to start doing something. So it's like not really that relaxing. It's not really that relaxing to want to start doing something because you're a month off. Yeah, just think you get bored. Yeah, and then boredom becomes work. Who likes that? Boredom what does that mean? Work. That's boredom very poignant. Because then you start being like, all right, now I'm going to watch Netflix, and now I'm going to watch Hulu, and then you start getting into this. Oh, I don't have enough time for that. And you're worrying what about if you doing work, nothing. You work for two two months, and then you get a month's oh, vacation. No, 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 no. Well, is it paid vacation? Because that's like a no-brainer. Getting paid for free, that's that's great. Getting Instead paid of getting for free. It's it's like instead of getting weekends, you end up getting a month. You get a month where you can do whatever you want. It's got to have income. You can go wherever you want. You can vacation. You can do longer projects or things like that. Really? If money wasn't really? an object, I would choose a month off. That would be a rough two months, though. I don't care. That would be I'd be fine with that. If I had a month where I could just go do whatever I wanted, that's 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 totally worth the trade off. Shell. So I'm assuming working two months means you have a specific shift mm-hmm. that you start and end. Yep. You go you, home. You, you get, you get no home. sleep, man. You That's it. Get, it's, it's two not, months. It's not 24 <laughs> hours a day. I get the, I get a hammock <laughs> in the basement. <laughs> you don't. You don't get a day off. Mm-hmm. But you know, if you want to, if you want to be a baby about it, Dave, let's eight-hour eight shifts. And I'm used to and nine and a half. Seven That's days fine. a week for two months. But then you get a month to do whatever. 
I started to say the four days off, but if I could bang out two months of work with a specific time frame, I take the month off. Mm-hmm. I would say, okay, got all this done, got my projects done, got my daily work done. Now I'm just going to go take care of other things for my whether it's Hawaii or I'm hanging at the house in my underwear doing nothing. Well, if you think about it, most of the time after you're at a place for a certain number of years, you pretty much get a month off anyways. Just you don't usually take it all in one whack. Precisely. So I take that whole month and I write another short story. I smoke a lot of cigars. I drink a lot of whiskey. I'm a PS4 person, but what are you going to do? Yeah, there you go. You should get an Xbox. Have more games. I have an Xbox. It's effectively my, my cable box. <laughs> Pat. Did I, did I already ask? Are yeah. you, now, have you stayed the same? Yeah, it's the same. Four days. Four days? I don't think you can hack four days. You can what, four days? I don't think you can. You've never worked four days in a row in your life. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to need me a lot. You're going to need yeah, I am. Yeah, but it you know. doesn't mean you want him. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> someone who has work, school's not. You're not just doing nothing in school. Hey, hey, hey since we're I on the, the topic same thing. of uh, four days of class, three days off. Spin, since we're on the topic of working a lot, where's where's this nice cigar I'm supposed to be getting for working today, or last Saturday? Uh-oh. Oh, I yeah. have to bring that to you. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a sidebar. Yeah. Right there. I was actually there until. <laughs> One o'clock in the morning, and I helped the girls close. Yeah, uh, going above the Call of Duty. Yeah, I went above the Call you of did. Duty. You're not and getting compensated for that. We're not talking that, about but... the game. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not. Try them over, at least yes. the mobile version. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. As someone who has worked four tens, the three days off is lovely, but to just go through two months and have that whole month off, I, I'd like that. I, I have to admit, I, I, I would probably, it, it's very close for me. But the, the the month off thing is really tempting. It's really, really tempting. The hard part is coming back to work after mm-hmm. a month off. And looking to two months of grind. To Dave's point, oh. you know, after a month off, I'm probably going to be dying to get back to work. Especially living in the Estrogen Palace where I am. You know, that's a, you know, it could be a safe place after living in the estrogen palace for, for come a while. on if you had a month but, off dan you'd probably but be hanging if out i if i could if i had <laughs> that kind of concentrated time off there were so many so much that i could do I that i that. couldn't do if i just have a day off here and there or just two days off or even just three days off. you could probably finish your doctorate i probably could I don't know, Pastor. I feel like you'd come back like the Big Lebowski. You'd have your sandals and your shorts on and ask him where your rug was with your white Russian in your hand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you might not yeah. be wrong, man. Am I working yeah. today, man? <laughs> what the heck happened in the last month? This place is completely different. <laughs> Shell, what have you done? Oh, my goodness. I don't know. We were just working. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So, what's our what's our final verdict here on the uh, HH Old Dark Fired? I really like it. I'm I love the smokiness wrapped around the uh, the Virginias. Uh, I don't really much care for the pairing. The mm-hmm. beer itself wasn't that bad, but I'm not an IPA person anyway. So, um, you know, I feel like uh, a bourbon would have been a much better pairing for this. Yeah, I feel uh, that too. But uh the tobacco i'm i'm really like i'm really liking and i'm looking forward to buying a tin of it 
yeah, the beer to me just kind of takes away almost everything from the tobacco. Mm. <clears throat> um, I, I don't really taste much of it after I take a, a draw of the beer. Mm. Uh, I like the beer in and of itself. I love the tobacco. I think it's nice. I think it's rich. I think it's smoky. Uh, I love those rich, earthy, woody uh, flavors. And I, I do like the stone fruit and, and the black walnut I get from this. Um, you know, I, I, I think it's really good. It's a, it's a, I can see why this is so popular. I'm glad we have it at Twins. Mm. Yeah. I'm surprised none of us smoked a glass. You know, I thought about that, but. I don't think this was appropriate with no. the with the beer. Yeah, no. yeah. I wasn't. I was going to do it anyways, and I was just like, yeah. Eh. Pat. Yeah. So I mean, the IP on its own. The only thing I can really pull out of it is it kind of has like this vanilla type flavor to it. Um, it's definitely not something I would suggest someone have with a pipe tobacco unless you just want to get drunk. <laughs> but <laughs> the um, if you're an IPA person, it's it's not a bad IPA by any means. It's it for being nine. It's very smooth. Yeah, um, that's yeah, true. Very true. It doesn't taste like a nine. No, it does not taste like a nine. So, that's a plus for it. And then also, like the pipe tobacco is really, really good. I enjoyed. Like I like that kind of like, the 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 aroma from the tin is kind of like that kind of hickory barbecue sauce. And then the actual like tasting notes of it having that like nice smoky note, which I enjoy. Mm -hmm. It's also I'm a Latakia smoker, so it's like getting that nice savory smoky note mm -hmm. the nice hickory sweetness and then it has like really really good virginia characteristics like that like stone fruit sweetness and like yep. that nice subtle kind of like you know peppercorn kind of texture to it so it, it was really really good it's probably one of the better pipe tobaccos we've had this month mm. sure uh, as someone who is still fairly new in the pipe tobacco world i like it a lot um I mostly taste sure. that stone fruit, it, which I think should go well with the IPA, but again, the IPA is not really doing anything for it. Mm -hmm. Definitely something with a little more, um, even like a charcoal mellow. I wonder how it would have done with the Yeah, I know. It's like yeah. you wanted it to do something, but right, it just didn't. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. IPA is not bad at all. It's just, it, it's just not the right pairing for mm -hmm. it. Really. All right. Well, that's it for tonight, everybody. Yeehaw. Uh Next week, we're going to be smoking the Aganorsa Leaf Cerberus uh, Robusto. Cerberus. Cerberus. Did you talk about the Rocky Sabus. event? No, he I did. didn't talk about the Rocky event. He oh. did briefly, yeah. Uh, we did talk about it briefly, but uh, maybe we should go back and... Yeah, we should that. explain the dealio. We should explain the dealio. And um, that is between now and June 17th, when you buy a 20-count box or mix-and-match 20-count of uh, Rocky Patel cigars, you get your choice of a whole lot of swag. A whole lot of swag. You can pick either a lighter or a uh, ashtray. You get five free cigars with that. If you buy two boxes worth of cigars, you get a special... Um, cigar pack box that a travel case that has 10 cigars in it and if you buy three boxes at a time you get the 10 uh 10 cigars plus you get one of rocky's travel packs which is like a leather um picnic basket almost that inside has oh, room beautiful. for it's like a suitcase has, yeah, yeah, yeah it's a little suitcase that has room for your favorite spirit 
in there, two rocks glasses, space for the 10 cigars, a cutter, and a lighter. Are they it's different from last year? Is it the black ostrich it's leather? The same one. It's the, the same one. There's, there's four different kind of leather finishes. You'll get to choose four. which one you want. Was two last time. And, but four. and, excuse me. There's something else with this. Uh oh. Um, Here we go. Yes. And that is steaks. this that, that every time you buy a box, in addition to all that swag, you are also going to get an entry to go with Rocky Patel and Kirk Kendall and Orlando Cabrera, who's been on the show and more importantly is a Red Sox um, World Series uh, champion guy. Nope. Two Red Sox game, Red Sox against the Cardinals mm. on June 18th. That's a Saturday. You're going to get limoed down to the game. You're going to go into a private box. There's going to be food. There's going to be drinks. There's going to be cigars. The whole nine yards. It's, it's all included. Awesome. There will be awesome. four winners for that that Lord. are picked. Every time you buy a box, you get a ticket. If you buy two boxes at the same time, you'll get three tickets. If you buy three boxes at a time, you you're going to get six, six tickets. tickets. And Rocky Patel himself will be here on the 17th of June. He's going to pick the four winners who will be going with him on the 18th. It's going to be epic. 18th of the game. It's awesome. It's going to be an awesome, awesome time. You don't want to miss out. And that is going on between now and the 17th of June. Oh, so you have no every... idea, Pete. I'm going to make. Oops, sorry. Thought you were done. <laughs> every single time you buy a box, you'll get a ticket. If every single time you buy two boxes, you'll get three tickets. Every single time you'll make, you buy three boxes at a time, you get six tickets. So you can totally work on your chances to win by buying boxes or mix and matches of 20 uh, of Rocky Patel. Excellent. And I have to say, he has great swag. Mm -hmm. his, yep. his, his swag is second to none. The, the lighters, the cutters, the ashtrays, the, the, the party packs, the travel packs that he has, they're, they're really nice. They really are. I mean, really, when you when you buy a box and you get that that ashtray or the lighter and the five pack of cigars you're getting about 80 bucks worth of stuff mm. you know when you get the the party pack you're getting you know about 120 130 dollars worth of stuff and when you get the three box deal it's about 300 bucks worth of stuff it's amazing how much money you're getting uh the value he gives uh, for you to to get his stuff, yeah. so it ain't cheap swag. It's nice swag. No, it's very sure, very nice. nice. It's very good stuff. Uh, we're all very jealous of everybody who gets to, you know, walk home with that stuff. It's Absolutely. very very good. I have some Rocky Patel lighters from five years ago that I got when I was just a customer at places that still work. Mm -hmm. You know, it's mm -hmm. it's good swag. He he makes good stuff and. Uh, um, I think we should all we should all wear. But next week we're going to be smoking the Agonorsa Leaf uh, Cerberus Robusto and the Spring 2022 release of Cornelian Deal's House Reserve. Yeah. Yeah, that should be a very good show too. So nice. make sure you're here with us mm. next Tuesday New House Reserve. at 8 p.m. We'll see you next week. And that's not just blowing smoke. Bye bye. You've been listening to Not Just Blowing Smoke the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. 
You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and keep in touch with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at NotJustBlowingSmoke. Thanks for listening, everybody. And that is Not Just Blowing Smoke. Rolling with the top down, smoke.